0: you're listening to the direction for life podcast we pray this episode blesses you we'd love to connect with you visit us at rdci.info or on facebook at right direction church international also follow us on instagram twitter and tiktok at the rdci we hope you enjoy this broadcast
1: it says when the lord was about to take elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind Elijah and Elisha were traveling from Gilgal, and Elijah said to Elijah, stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to Bethel. But Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went down together to Bethel. Here comes the group of peers. The prophets of Bethel came to Elisha to send him a reminder, but they said it it to him in a rhetorical question, isn't the enemy Sounding the same, he always questions the question with a question. Elijah asked him, he asked Elijah, did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Man, it sounds like Genesis. Did God really tell you to eat from the forbidden tree? Of course I know, Elijah answered, but be quiet about it. I'm not here to talk about my leader's transition just yet. I'm here to be present. I'm here to be available. I'm here to be connected with them a couple verses down as we bounce again these prophets come up to him when elijah's going to jericho he tells them to be quiet let's not talk about that right now he hangs out elisha the servant hangs out with elijah the leader the entire year representing whatever it takes for it to finish i'm gonna make it finish when it finishes amen And so in verse nine of 2 Kings chapter two, when they came to the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, man, tell me what I can do for you before I am taking away. It's like God's asking some of us, tell me what I can do for you before 12 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And Elijah replied, please let me inherit a double share, double portion of your spirit and become your successor. You asked a difficult thing, Elijah replied, but if you see me when I'm taking from you, then you will get your request. But if not, then you won't. Someone shout spiritual. And as they were walking, suddenly the chariot of fires come, appeared and drawn by horses. Elisha the servant saw it and cried out, Father, my father, I see the chariots and the charioteers of Israel. And they disappeared from sight and Elijah tore his clothes and distress, and Elijah picked up Elijah's cloak, which fallen when he was taken up. Then Elijah returned to the bank of the Jordan, the same Jordan that Elijah crossed earlier with what was on his life. He cried out, where Lord is the God of Elijah? The leader I'm following, my father, who's now been taken up. Then the river divided and Elijah went across in his moment, just like previously Elijah did. Someone shout spiritual, going somewhere. Ruth. I think the Lord has me reading a lot of scriptures because I'm gonna be doing some preaching. Let's see what happens. Ruth chapter one. She has the opportunity from her leader, Naomi, to continue to stay back as well. They're both married. Naomi's married, Ruth's married, Oprah's married. And in the days of Judges ruled in Israel, a severe famine came upon the land. And this is Ruth chapter one, verse one. So a man from Bethlehem and Judah left his home and went to live in the country of Moab, taking his wife and two sons with him. The names were Emelech, and his wife was Naomi. Their two sons were Malon and Kilion. Here's the point in verse 16 of chapter one. Ruth tells both of her daughters, after the famine came, after all this stuff happens, the two sons die, and Naomi's husband is passed. So she's trying to release these two girls, her her daughters-in-laws from her life, saying, go back to your families. Just go back to where you came from. It looks like there's nothing else left in this moment that I can bless you with. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you, in Ruth chapter one and verse 16. Don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I go, and wherever you live, I will live. Someone shout physical. So Ruth goes toward her future with Naomi. Orpah leaves to go back into her past with her family. Someone shout physical. Don't worry, the other ones are shorter. In Deuteronomy 34 and nine. Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. And Moses laid his hands on him. So the people of Israel obeyed him doing just as the Lord had commanded Moses. In verse chapter 8, we see that the people were mourning Israel because Israel was mourning because Moses had passed away in Moab. And it looked like what what they were used to is no longer present and available to them. But they remember that Joshua had hands laid on him and they listened to him. So Joshua had to take on the challenge that was mental. Someone shout mental. Ruth, physical. Elisha, spiritual. Ruth, physical. Joshua, mental. And then I want to highlight Samuel for somebody in here. First Samuel 16 and one. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn Saul? All this morning. Someone say all this morning. All this morning. How long will you mourn Saul? Since I have rejected him, king of Israel. Fill your horn with oil. Doesn't even tell him to stop mourning. Fill your horn with oil. Be on your way. I'm sending you forward to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of Jesse's sons to be my chosen king. Someone say emotional. This entire year, many of us have been through four, one of these four tr- transitions. Mental, spiritual, emotional, or physical. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that I deposited the foundation that you told me to say to your people. Now I ask you during this time to anoint me to communicate to them in a way that they will catch what you're trying to say to them in the remainder of this year. God, I pray that somebody's faith is alive for the next 12 hours of 2023 or many hours that we have, that they don't give up hope. And even though we're looking forward to what you're gonna do in 2024, and we're gonna hear from Bishop tonight about what God is saying, I pray that they still understand what you're saying to them now. And until a new word shows up, the last order stands. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen, amen, and amen. I wanna talk to you from the subject, the end of a thing. The end of a thing. How you end this year is how you start next year. We have four typologies of people who were in transition. Ruth was in a physical ending of what she was used to next to her and stepping into a new area of life with her woman of God, Naomi, and she had a choice. She was blessed. If I really had time to stay inside roof, you see Naomi blesses them and tells them they have full permission. They would still be in alignment to go back. But something inside a roof on her own decides to perceive that even though I have permission, this can't be my promise. Something inside a roof Tells her with no instructions, with no written information, no webinars, something in her spirit says, I'm staying with you. Elijah, the same thing. He had permission to stay back from Elijah. He could have stayed in Jericho, he could have stayed over here, he could have stayed. But he, something in him says, stop telling me to leave you. I know you've given me permission as my leader to look back and stay back, but something's telling me in my spirit, stay connected until the clock, till the clock hits 12 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I know my friends and my family and everyone's looking forward to 2024, but something in my spirit is telling me to stay connected to 2023 until the clock t- strikes 12. Joshua, everyone's mourning Moses. This is emotional. I'm okay leading along as he's here. And I remember my first war victory. Moses' hands were in the air. He was on the mountain looking over me. I felt comfort. Some of us have had loved ones transition this year. Things have gotten quite emotional. God still gave Joshua permission to move on. Do you know grief can time travel? In order for you to fully walk in your 2024, some of you are gonna to to be like Joshua and be okay leading with it and making the mental adjustment to shift into what God is doing, even though I miss them, even though it hurts. Samuel, things got emotional with Samuel, things got mental with Joshua. Samuel had to make the decision to not mourn the king that he loved. Saul made a mistake that went against what God was saying. And Samuel was like, this is the one that you chose, God. God says, how long will you mourn, prophet? Let's break this down in layman terms. You serve in ministry. You're a leader in your career field. I know you're hurting, but still pick up your, the horn represents his assignment. The prophet's assignment was to go to anoint the next king. I know you're hurting, but while you're hurting, make sure you fulfill your assignment before the year's over with. I know you think something has ended. Someone shout the end of a thing. I know something has ended, but I haven't ended you yet. And there's still something I need to do with you, Samuel. So we see here that things can get physical and transition. Things can get spiritual. Things can get emotional. And definitely things can get mental. But I pray right now that you understand that God wants to speak to your head and give you peace and strategy now before the year comes next. I pray that you have the faith that God will bless your hands. Someone said, bless my hands. Bless the work of your hands, even the work that you still have to do today and the work you have to still do between now and tonight with plans for prosperity. Someone say, God, show my feet. Let me tell you why I say that. The steps of a righteous man or woman are ordered by the Lord. So there's still something God wants to show you to walk in. There's still something that God wants to bless because of the fruit of your hands, the work ethic of your hands. And God still wants to give somebody in here peace and strategy. Someone say, I'm still on assignment that you might be experiencing the end of a thing or things this year, and you've been ready to conclude. Before you conclude, God wants to do something in your life that's prophetic even now in 2023. And let me tell you this, why? Let me tell you why. Goodbyes are just as important as hellos. God told me, Chandler, how you end this year is how you start next year. And today we often talk about putting the best foot forward. We always put the best foot forward in new relationships. And then when we leave the ones we don't, we leave our worst stuff behind us. And today we often talk about putting our best foot forward, but do you know that your last step will follow you into your next? Unless you end some things correctly. Some of us need to text some people after church today, get some conversations going because you need to get things right. Even if they ain't right, get the thing right, the end of a thing. I'ma end this drama. You don't have to like me, but I'ma end this drama. I'm going to tell you I love you, but I realize this drama comes from this situation. I can still put boundaries up. I can still end the drama and still love you. Your last step and your last order will repeat itself in next year if you do not end this season correctly. Unless you do what you're supposed to do before the next has opened up. As I reflect on Ruth and Elisha, they both were in distress. Ruth had to contemplate making a physical adjustment with her livelihood. Elisha had to to contemplate, I have to step into this. I asked for something that I didn't know about. I asked for the double portion. I asked the hard thing, but now I got to do the hard thing without my leader to cheerlead me. Some of us have family members who are not here, and the reason why we didn't pick up the mantle and do the work because we don't have that voice in our life to comfort us, to tell us good job. And some of you all, as you get ready to go into 2024, you don't need to just ask the hard thing. You need to start doing the hard thing. You gotta learn how to do it when mama's not here no more. You gotta know how to do it when dad's not here no more. You gotta learn how to pray for your family even though grandma used to pray for your entire family. Some of us, it hit us during Thanksgiving when we recognized they wasn't here. It hit us during Thanksgiving as you recognize you're starting to get gray hairs and you're starting to get older yourself. (laughs) My first point, spiritual transition. Someone shout, I'm going higher. When I think about the Elijah and Elisha complex, I often think about 2023 and many of us talk about spiritually transitioning, but really I believe it's more of a transcending. And the Lord told me to tell some of you all, if you fix your spiritual posture before you go into 2024, I will elevate you in this year. Like I still have enough hours to promote you. This is more of a spiritual transcending. Then they transition. Someone shout, I'm going higher. Because you have been, listen closely, this ain't for everybody, but somebody's gonna have a praise multiple times during this service. Okay, I'm not here to hype you up. I just know by the spirit of God that some people are gonna have random praises because it's gonna apply strictly to them. Because you've been serving up and giving God the offering of your availability this year. I'll wait for you. If you volunteer in your church, you should be screaming hallelujah right now. (laughs) Listen, you've been serving up and giving God the offering of availability. 2 Kings 2 and 11 through verse 14. It talks about what Elisha experienced by simply being available. He had an opportunity to know, he had permission to no longer be available for Elijah. Elijah was releasing Elisha to no longer serve in availability. But Elisha stayed locked in until the end of a thing. someone shout, stay locked in. in. Do you know 80% of your faithfulness to the Lord is posture, not promise? That was a posture test for Elisha. Ruth, that was about posture. Joshua, that was about posture. And the enemy is attacking many of us today because we think in our human math that God does not have enough time to do what he said he could do in 2023. Do you understand the test is less about him actually doing it in 2023, but you staying like he can do it? The test is not him doing it, the test is you being available for him to do it. Will you still check your email on a Sunday like the business hours are open, like on a Monday? Are you still looking for him to do it? Second Kings two, In chapter 2, it says, Elijah tore his clothes in distress. These are complications of emotional and spiritual clarity that's going on. Around this time of year, many of us experience that outside of the holidays and Christmas and all the productions and things we do and anniversaries or whatever else we have happening on this type of year. Many of us, we've been in distress because we're experiencing emotional and spiritual complication. And the the biblical, someone shout the end of a thing. The biblical example of this is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's in spiritual distress. Things are getting emotional, but also things are getting spiritual. Things are getting what? And things are getting, that's what happens around New Year's Eve and Christmas. Things are getting emotional and things are getting spiritual. And Luke 22 and 42, he talks to God in spiritual distress Father, if you're willing to take this cup from me, emotional, spiritually, stay checked in to the end of a thing. Yet, not my will, but yours be done. That sounds like Ruth. It's the same spirit that comes out of Elisha. It's the same spirit that stays checked in like Joshua. It's not about God fulfilling anything. It's about you staying checked in that God fulfills. Elisha picked up Elijah's cloak. Back to Second Kings chapter 2, starting at verse 13. Elisha picked up Elijah's cloak, which had fallen when he was taken up. Then Elijah returned to the bank of the Jordan. Someone say it's getting spiritual. He struck the water with Elijah's cloak and cried out. Someone say it's getting emotional. Where is the Lord of God of Elijah? See, he was in distress. He's grieving, but just in case God's with me, I'm going to carry out my assignment while I'm grieving. When he shouts, where is the God of Elijah, that's not that's being petty with God. But he's also being prophetic. He has enough faith to see if he has a double portion, but he's still hurt and upset that God actually took Elijah. So this is, a, this is a prophetic, petty moment. Elijah's like, where is the God of Elijah? This is not a genuine, humble question. This is a spiritual frustration at the end of a thing. He struck the water with Elijah's cloak and cried out, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? Then the river divided and Elijah went across. Some of you all don't know it, but I decree and declare over the next couple of hours between now and our service tonight, you're going higher. Many times a lot of frictions and relationships you experienced this year wasn't because, listen to the voice of God, what, a lot of the frictions you experienced this year wasn't because of proximity, it was because of your elevation. The prophets had proximity with Elisha. They were not the issue they had with Elisha with being petty with him about the question of his father, his leader leaving throughout that season towards the end of his thing had to do with them realizing that there's something different about Elisha than us. And some of you all need to start understanding what God's doing with your life as he forms you so you can stop penalizing people and instead penalize the spirit. It wasn't because you made adjustments in proximity. It's because God made adjustments with you with altitude. When you owned a home, that generational curse of poverty changed in your family, and they did, and then they became and had an issue with you. They were the spirit was comfortable with you as long as you were renting, like all of us. But once you own the asset, once you own land and became a landlord, that's what you are when you're a homeowner. You're a landlord. There's a lordship mantle that falls on you when you own your own property. That's why there's something on you that's different. So when you showed up during the holidays, look at Herman, sassy, thinking you better than us. No, it's not you thinking you better than us. It's God picking you better than them. Oh my God. Lord, help me. Help me, Jesus. Stay in the scripture, but let's talk about it. Let's talk about altitude. Someone say altitude, because God still has a promise for some of you all to elevate. This has nothing to do with titles. This has to do with how God sees you and you perceive it, how God sees you. And Matthew 17, 1 through verse 8, six days later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, James and John, and led them to a high mountain. Someone say elevation. To be alone. As the men watched Jesus, Jesus' appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as light they still had the same proximity with Jesus, but they can see there was something different about Jesus. Peter, James, and John went with Jesus often, but the difference is when he took Peter, James, and John with him this time to the high place, before the years of when God's about to take you to a high place, this God changed how Jesus looked to them. Someone say God does the changing. Someone say spiritual transcending. Moses, Exodus 34 and 29, when Moses came down Mount Sinai, the high place, carrying the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, he wasn't aware. It's not about you thinking you're big time. He wasn't aware that his face had become radiant because he had spoken to the Lord. Some of you all, you've been glowing this all all year. It wasn't about your blow up. It was about your glow up. You've been spending time with God. That's why we don't believe you're unemployed. There's a glow on you. That's why people haven't given to you even though you've been in need because your prayer closet makes you look too rich. (laughs) I can't really tell you going through. You've been spending time with God. There's a different altitude with your grief. No one really knows to check on you because you don't look like what you've been through. There's a glow on you. There's been a glow on you. So you're frustrated with people and how they treat you, but there's a spiritual transcending to how you operate and how you move, and even though you really have had some tough times, you've been to the high place with God throughout the year. And because of that high place, you came down with a glow. You didn't know what to do, you glowed at what to do. And some people have been mad with you this year because you've been glowing. And I'm not saying this to sound cool. I just proved to you in Scripture that it makes theological sense. When you spend time in the face of the Father, you start glowing. And what do I mean? I'm talking about spiritually glowing. What do I mean by spiritually glowing? Spiritual residue of a real anointing that lets the world know that they are not on your level. Do not go into 2024 fighting the way they fight. Whatever argument, whatever thing you have going on, don't handle it. It's too too many, not enough hours left for you to be in the flesh between now and 12 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You are making a decision to be spiritual. You're making a decision to pause all the pathetic conversations and you're centering in on your prophetic promise like Ruth. We don't see Ruth trying to negotiate with her sister Oprah, like, why are you leaving? You know Naomi being good to us. How are you going to leave her? Well, she gave us permission. We don't see Ruth trying to deposit any more nuggets in her before the years over. With. Oh. We don't see any type of, sit- we don't see any explanation. We just see Ruth say, okay, you do you, I'm doing me. Some of y'all got to do that. It's too many less hours. Okay, what, what, what? Okay, you do that. I'm going to do this. Someone say real anointing. Real anointing comes when you become childlike again. I think about my son, Hero. He likes gummy bears and he likes yogurt. Pray for us. He'll be trying to get us to get more yogurt and more yogurt and more yogurt. But as he's a toddler and knows how to communicate, one of the things he keeps saying often to us is, more please, more please. he says it in the most sweetest, calm voice that makes any parent without their grandparents around give them more. I think the grandchildren get to my parents the same way. But I end up giving them more than what I should sometimes, right? Because he says, not because he communicates in such an eloquent way, he simply asks me for more, please. What if you did that before the year's over with? What if you just said, God, more, please? I know it looks like it's over, but more favor, please, more blessings, please. I, I, I give to my son, and I don't even think about the time he's asking me. Sometimes I'm driving, I reach in the bag, give it to him while he's in the car in the truck at the red light. I figured out a way on my, I figure out a way on my schedule to work his desires in my schedule, even though I'm not. Even though I should not be thinking about him, I should be driving. But the way he asked me in his childlike faith makes his father work his desires in on my skin. And I hear God telling some of you all to say, say it, More. More, please. More healing, please. I'm not gonna I know you healed a little bit, but God, you can still do something else with that part of the situation. More, please. I'm walking, God, but I can't run. I do thank God for walking. I had the cane. Some of you all at the women's conference and healings broke out, and somebody might have got healed, and you're putting up with 70% of the healing. Someone shout more. I know we're grateful. That's what Thanksgiving service is for. But New Year's Eve, that's what expectation's for. God already knows you're grateful. But God's challenging someone in here is He gonna still find faith in you this year to simply say, more. Oh Secondly, physical transition. Ruth made her mind up to bust a move. Even at the end of her thing, her husband is dead. Naomi's husband is dead. Her sister-in-law, they probably had a relationship. She leaves to go back. Everything in her physicality, everything in her environment is telling her, there potentially is not a future for you. Everything in her year is telling her, there's no point of looking towards anything in the next. But then Ruth replied, don't you ask me to leave you and turn back. Do you understand this is like a servant talk? Don't you ask me. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. And let's go ahead and make this spiritual. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. You're about to be, listen to, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. I told you some of y'all want to praise God. Hopefully, this bear with us some of y'all spirit. Here we go. You're about to be rewarded for your prophetic proximity. I need every intercessor who shows up in the week. I need every glory prayer who shows up Friday mornings to give God a praise right now. You're about to be rewarded for your prophetic proximity. See, God may have not did it in you this year, but he did it around you. You may haven't seen that much done around you, but he's done it in your church. It's part of the art of promise proximity. See, It didn't happen in your life. It wasn't personal yet. Some of you all in 2023 don't have a personal miracle. You may not have a personal exploit, but you were determined enough and smart enough to stay around somebody else's. You said, well, I don't have a new house, but I'm gonna come to my new church. You made your mind up not to be petty with the promises of God. You said, it ain't happening for me, but it's happening for my girl, so I'm hanging out with you. And maybe some residue will fall off on you and fall on my life. Someone shouts physical. physical, physical transition. Bust the move. You, was, you were prophetic enough to be around people who, were God, who hear God even though you couldn't trace them or track them. You stayed around even though you didn't know what was next for you. You served someone else's next. You was faithful in someone else's now. You didn't know your yes, but you have been faithful with someone else's yes. I'm trying to calm down, but some of y'all about to walk in some things, and it has nothing to do with what you have in your journal or your diary. You were connected with a Naomi that's a portal opener. You were faithful with to a portal opener. <laughs> You were just around Elijah. You were just on the praise team. You just showed up at practice. You just said, Minister Sean, what do you need? Can I help you? See, you don't understand some people are portals, not people. And you gotta be careful how you treat prophetic people because they will open up stuff for you that you don't even know you need. Some of you are, God's blessing you. He said, listen, stay checked in because I'm about to bless you for how you served in children's ministry. I'm about to bless you for how you served in youth ministry. I'm about to bless you and how you served with them little baby sister Francis. God say, stay checked, stay checked in. Say, stay checked in. Stay because there's something you did that no one knows about that I'm gonna bless you so everyone can see.
0: If you love our podcast and the impartation you gain from it, we encourage you to become an iChurch member. As an iChurch member, you'll get access to exclusive digital content as well as an online community and various small group sessions. To find out more, visit rdci.info forward slash iChurch. Connect with us for digital impartations weekly. Join Bishop Herbert and Dr. Marsha Bailey on Clubhouse for marriage, faith, and family inside Kingdom Business Network on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash rdcitv. We stream live services on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as well as Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies, join us for manifest on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time.